anybody happy to be free tonight? Is anybody thankful to be free tonight? My God, free from bondage, free from sin, free from this world, free from the flesh. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I think he's worthy of praise for a minute. He's a mighty God, a holy God. He's a worthy God. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah, God. Thank you for freedom tonight, Jesus. Thank you for freedom tonight, God. Thank you, Jesus. So many things to be thankful for. Praise God, I'm thankful for the sun shining today. Yeah. Hey, man, I'm thankful that it's still light till 6, 6.15. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Some people don't like to live in areas or places that have the seasons. And uh, I enjoy the seasons, but, you know, some people think the fall is the best or the summer or whatever it is. But right now, up through that summer solstice, that's my favorite times. I, I like the daylight till 9.30, 10 o'clock at night and, and enjoying those summer nights. And we're getting closer and closer as the days get longer. Amen. Praise God. Praise the Lord, church. Amen. Amen. I give honor to pastor tonight. Let's continue to keep him, his family, in prayer always. And uh, we're blessed. And I, I love Tree of Life Church. And uh, this weekend is going to be a big weekend here. We have a Bible quizzing tournament here at Tree of Life Church this Saturday. I believe starts at 10 a.m. And if you can volunteer or just come and, and shake a hand and be a friendly face that, that we are here at Tree of Life. That would be a blessing. I'm excited because it's my daughter's first uh, cuisine tournament. So uh, I'm, I'm excited to, to see her in action this Saturday. So come, be a part of it. It's, it'll be going on most of the day. Stop in and just uh, represent Tree of Life. Amen. 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 I want to look tonight. I'm just going to start quickly with one verse out of Isaiah, Isaiah 26 and 3. And it says, You will keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on you, because he trusts in you. And the thought for however long God decides to keep us tonight and wherever he wants to take us, I'm willing to go with him tonight, uh, is stayed on Jesus, stayed on Jesus. Lord, we thank you. We praise you, God. You're a good God, a mighty God, a glorious God, a wonderful God. You're a holy God. Anoint us tonight, Lord Jesus. In your name we pray. Help us to keep our minds, God, stayed on you, Father. You're worthy, Lord God. Your ways are higher, Lord Jesus. Help us, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray and give you thanks. Amen, amen. You can be seated. I started there, but I can assure you when, when we get to the scripture, I'm going to be digging in quite a bit to Romans chapter 8. But I think of, when I think of stayed on Jesus, probably like so many of you, I think of the song, I woke up this morning with my mind, and it was stayed on Jesus. And I did take a few minutes today, this morning, or afternoon, to try to uh, look, look into who, who exactly did write that. And I couldn't find it. I apologize if all of you are saying, how do you not know who that was? I don't know. I know it's an old gospel song. But the point is, they knew something. They knew the difference between waking up and having their minds stayed on a fallen world 
and stayed on Jesus. They knew at whatever time it was that they, they wrote that song, whatever year it was, it certainly wasn't in the 2000s, and it certainly wasn't 2020, where we wake up with most likely these right next to us, and, and our minds quickly, quickly going to where we need to go for that day. They knew something about having their minds stayed on Jesus for, for the day, because there's a big difference between starting my day and going through my day with my mind stayed on Jesus and going through the day with my mind on carnal things. And I, I did look up today and it said that the, the average person or the average you know, people make 35,000 decisions a day. I don't, that seems extremely high. I'm sure a lot of that is, I'm just thinking to look to my right when somebody's talking or things that we don't even actually know that we're making a decision on doing. But the thing is 35,000 decisions a day. And, and I think, where is my mind at when I'm making, even if it's just one decision that I'm making that's gonna impact another life, where is my mind at when I'm making that decision? Is it on carnal things or is it stayed on Jesus? Because it's, if it's not stayed on Jesus, then it's, it's coming from somewhere else that I, I don't know that it's going to do me or them any good. So I need my mind to be stayed on Jesus, a perfect God, whose ways are higher, whose thoughts are higher, whose knowledge is higher. Because mine, all my thoughts, when they're carnal speak, come, speaking, is coming from all over the place. It's coming from how I was raised, who my dad is, who my mom is, who their parents were. All the things that are, formulate our minds and the way we think are generally what we, what we receive growing up and in our family and, and who they are. And we pick up those things. We pick up those things when we go to school. The people that influence us, we're picking up all those things. So when my mind is where it is, and just me, and in a carnal place, then that's, that's, that's how I'm thinking. That's how I'm reacting. That's, that's how I'm talking to people. That's how I'm influencing people. But if it's stayed on Jesus, my God, if it's, if it's stayed on you, if it comes from a place where I'm just focused on you, God, where I wake up, and, and I understand that we're busy, and, and we have lives to get to, and in some cases, children ready to, to eat and go to school, whatever it may be, people already blowing up our phones and our emails and saying, hey, I need this first thing, whatever it may be, I get that. But if I can just take a minute, if you can't get up early enough to, to, to pray for 30 minutes or an hour or whatever it is, some people do, I don't know, but it's important that we take at least some time each morning and say, Lord, I want to wake up today and at least I want to give you thanks for today. I want to praise your name today because I know where I'm going and I know the things that are going to be coming at me today. But if I can just wake up and say, I'm going to put my mind and get my mind stayed on you first thing, then hopefully it will influence me for the rest of the day and give me some direction as to how I'm going to, to respond to things and how I'm going to react to things. Because again, if we're making that many decisions in a day, what is that decision or the way I treat that person? What, what does that do to them? Because there's the saying that hurt people hurt people. 
So if I come into an interaction with someone, be it at work or with my family or wherever it is, and the highways and the byways, at a restaurant or at a grocery store, whatever it is, when I'm coming into contact with them, if I'm coming at it from a place of hurt or being distraught or because somebody just gave me uh, a, a dirty look or spoke to me in a way that was not respectful, and now I, I put it on them, now they're going to take it to whomever they, they come into contact with next. And then the cycle is going on of somebody hurting somebody, somebody inflicting uh, uh, pain of some kind onto somebody else. And then we see people driving down the road, cutting people off, giving them signs that aren't friendly and going into work and being rude to their coworkers. And then the, the cycle starts. And then you get off work and you're supposed to come to church on a Wednesday night and come in here with your mind stayed on Jesus. And it's not easy. I, I don't claim that it's easy. I, I don't know that we can go 24-7, 365 or whatever it is, stayed on Jesus. I, I guess Enoch, maybe Enoch did it. I, I don't know that any of us can, can be Enoch. I, I, I'm not sure. I know that we all struggle with it. But the thing is, can I just take a, a minute occasionally? Whenever it is, if it's just, if, if somebody comes at me, however it is, can I just pull my flesh back for just a second and say, I'm going to approach this with the mind of Jesus. Wasn't there bumper stickers some time ago or the saying, what would Jesus do, the WWJD? Hey, I give them credit. They were thinking, like, what would, what would Jesus do? Because we're faced with those things all day long. 35,000 decisions in a day. And again, it may be just as simply as, oh, look, my shoelace is untied. I've got to tie it. I don't know. But the thing is, a lot of those decisions are influencing someone. And God forbid it's, it's my daughter who, how do I know whatever I am doing and however I'm influencing her today, tomorrow, yesterday, last week, what impact is that not only going to have on her for that day or that hour, but possibly for the rest of her life? Those are serious consequences that every decision that we make, every decision that we make is affecting somebody and somebody's attitude. What happens when we, when we get into some kind of an altercation with somebody at work again, and they go home and now they take it out on their family members? The cycle is just continuing. And that's why if, if us, if the church, if we're keeping our minds stayed on Jesus, then I don't care if it's just one person, one decision, and someday that I make that is going to influence them and I'm going to show them Christ, that's what we're supposed to do is be that light. If I'm going to make some decision where however they come to me, however they approach me with whatever facial expression they want to, want to show me or however terse they want to be, I'm going to, I'm going to say, hey, you know what? I'm still going to, to, show, to shine this light. Liz and I went to uh, the, the marriage retreat this past weekend, and we got up there late, running around. Everything's busy, as always, as we all are. And we got there. They had dinner, a wonderful dinner. It was great, but again, we were kind of rushed. So we ate a little bit, and then afterwards, we weren't hungry enough to go sit down somewhere or, or anything like that. So it was like, well, here's the hotel, and there's a McDonald's, which 
nothing against McDonald's, but I try to stay away from it. But I'm like, I, I got to have at least something, you know, before, because uh, I am a little hungry. And, and we pull up. We just had this powerful service. Um, God moved, heard a great word, was just feeling great. And we pull up, and, and, and all of a sudden I hear just blasting out of the speaker, go ahead with your order. And I was just like, oh, <laughs> all right, let me, let me hold off for a second and, and, and just be polite. So I was like, well, thank you, and uh, I'll just take whatever it was. But the point was, and then by the time I got up to the window, the person was extremely nice and friendly. But just coming out of that service and getting blasted like that was interesting. Now, I could have came back with, you know, hey, you could have been more polite, whatever the case may be. But it was like, all right, let's go with this. <laughs> Amen. Let's, let's just go with this and, and show them whatever light because most definitely, who knows how many times the, peop- the 25 people before me were giving this person a hard time or, or whatever, saying how can you be out of the, the, the soft serve ice cream? You're always out of it. Whatever the case may be. I don't know, but they probably heard a lot of complaints before I got there. So, amen. I'm going to say, you know what? My mind has stayed on Jesus Christ because he's holy and he's righteous and he's good and he's worthy. And if I can just show a little bit of that light, just a little bit to this person, it may change the course of the rest of their night. And that's what we're commissioned to do. And if I can even just put myself aside for one minute, my offenses and and, and the way I think and the way I want to react and say, what would Jesus do? How can I respond to this person? The decision I make at that moment. Now, she's maybe going to go home and maybe has two kids waiting that she's not seen all day because they were at school and then she came to work and, and whatever she's being able to do to provide for them and And if she's going to take out all the frustration that everybody put on her, on them, they're going to wake up the next day. That cycle. And and let's face it, that's that's what we're seeing in in the world and in this nation today. It's constant. We are bombarded with frustration and anger and, and spite and everyone pitted against one another. Yet nobody knows one another. Yet no one knows exactly what this person is like or who this person really is. But hey, you know what? I'm going to box you into this and I don't like you because of whatever. You wear pink shoes. I, I have no idea. Whatever it may be, that's the world that we, we live in and especially with social media and, and, and just the barrage of influence that we are faced. But if we don't live this, if I don't have this, if I don't have this as, as what I want to be my, my beacon, my, my compass, then, then what am I doing? And God forbid when we come into this church and to Tree of Life Church, I'm supposed to show Christ and have my mind stayed on Jesus at all times. Amen? That means it's not just the people that are coming in to Tree of Life Church from who knows where. They may be coming in broken. They may be coming in on their, the, this is their last hope. Uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm ready to to call it off. I'm ready to, you know, take my life, whatever it may be, because this is just too much. And I'm bombarded by everything else out there. And you know what? I'm going to give God a chance. And somebody told me about Tree of Life, or I live down the street by Tree of Life, from Tree of Life, or I go to work past, whatever it may be, that they come in here or any other church. 
but that I can show them Christ and that my mind can be stayed on Jesus and that when they come in, I'm going to be that Christ-like person to them. But it's not only them. It's, it's each and every one of us that are here, the faithful Wednesday nights or Sunday nights. And, and, and I, I tell you this, the other day I was pulling out of our neighborhood on the way here, and uh, I thought, what a blessing our church, Tree Life, is. What a blessing the people of our church, how friendly they are, how amazing they are. I'm, I was thinking, we are so blessed to have the church that we have. And, and, and even with that, we still sometimes are challenged with how are we treating one another? Are we speaking life into one another every time we're in here? Are we speaking Christ to one another every time we're in here? Not what I just went through during the day, not what I grew up hearing, not what even you hear sometimes, God forbid, in church, because let's face it, some people add a little and take a little bit away. But what does this say? What, what is this telling me who I'm supposed to be? Am I breathing and speaking life into my, my fellow brothers and sisters at Tree of Life Church so that when they come into this place, they're, they're excited to be here and they're feeling the presence of God when they walk into the sanctuary. And when they come into contact with me, are they being greeted with someone that has stayed on Jesus? Because it's so important that, that we do that. And I think about what are we supposed to do? And I'm going to plagiarize for a minute Brother Terry Shock, who aside from our pastor is one of my go-tos when I want to hear a good word or hear something, which I'm one of those that believes anybody can deliver a good word if it's anointed and it's of God. But he is someone that I like to listen to because one, his compass is right here. His compass is in this word. And he gives application on how to keep that compass in the word. But he talked about, I heard him talk about this a couple times, how they're, they're fortunate enough to travel a lot. But sometimes we all do this too. Even in Cincinnati, we can find ourselves in our own city going to a place where you're, you're going to see an attraction. And, and maybe there is a tour guide that, that is taking you on this attraction. There used to be those duck things, the, the boats that go out on the river or whatever. And there's usually somebody that, at King's Island or whatever, may be giving you a tour. And they're, and they're kind of telling you about the attraction. And, and there's those occasions when somebody kind of makes that, that tour about them as opposed to about the attraction. And you're like, hey, hold on a second. I'm not real. That's great. You've got, you know, a lifelong. You came here as a kid, and you did this when you were seven. And when you were 15, you and your brother did this, and you were running for whatever the case may be. And, and what it means to you, that's great. But tell me about the attraction. Uh, that's because that's what I'm here to see. And that's what we are, we are to be here at Tree of Life Church or as Christians in the body of Christ, Holy Ghost-filled saints, I'm supposed to be somebody that's going to point them to the attraction. Whether it's somebody that comes in here for the first time, or it's somebody that's here for the last 75 years, whatever it may be, I want to be, and we need to be God connectors. I don't want to connect them to me and what my feelings may be on Christ that day because maybe I'm feeling a little upset about something the way somebody treated me or something that when I came in here, somebody here, a, a good friend or, or whatever, maybe a fellow brother or sister, the way they kind of came at me that day and, and now I'm kind of coming at somebody new or any one of you saying, hey, I'm going to come at you right now with this baggage or this, this feeling or this emotion as opposed to being... A God connector.
I want to be that. I want to be a God connector, somebody that's going to say, hey, you know what? It doesn't really matter exactly what I'm feeling at this moment. It doesn't really matter if I'm upset or, or somebody did this to me today. It's what does this word say? Because that's what you need to hear. That's what people that come into a church, into a sanctuary, into a place like this need to hear. What is God saying? Who is God? And if my mind is stayed on Jesus... That, to me, is the best way that I can find that, that I'm able to do that. Because if it's not stayed on Jesus, then it's coming from somewhere else. And if we look at, at Romans 8, I think we're getting a, a great depiction of how, how we can do that. Romans 8, verses 1, it says, There is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus, who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. Now, I understand that we can't completely walk in the Spirit. Again, 24-7, 365. Again, maybe. I, I, I don't know. I, I've yet to do it. I don't know what my record, record is. I, I'm not really sure, and I, I've said this before. I usually don't even know that I'm necessarily walking in the Spirit, but I certainly know when I come out of it because it's like, whoo, oh, there's that flesh. There's that response that that's me and not Christ-like. So I, I definitely know when I come out of it. And, and whether Enoch was 24-7, 365, I, I really don't know. But I don't know that it's, it's reasonable to expect that we can do that, that, sustain, that for that sustained period of time. But I know one thing. We can stop at every moment. And when we recognize, hey, I am getting ready to make a decision, or I am going to getting ready to respond to someone. I am getting ready to, to speak something into someone's life and say, where is this thought? Where are these words coming from? And is it coming from this according to the flesh or according to the spirit? Verse 2 says, for the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. So that's what we have, church. We have, if you've been Holy Ghost filled, if you've been baptized in the name of Jesus Christ, that's the ability that we have. We have the opportunity to say, you know what? I can find that Holy Spirit inside of me and say, that's what I'm going to choose to wake up this morning and say, I'm going to find that. I'm going to take some time, Lord. And even if I'm rushing, whatever it is, I'm going to take a few minutes. I'm going to try to tap into that Holy Ghost. Because that's what I need, Lord, to sustain me through this day. Before I start making those decisions, I have that ability to go ahead and say, help me to find that and to live in that. Because everything else is death. That's what it is. That's what the word says. It is death. So when we're carnally minded, when we're making decisions with our carnal minds, when we're speaking to people with carnal minds and carnal words, whatever it is, it's death. It is, it is what it is. They're, they're, that's what the word says. But when I'm coming from a spiritual aspect, when I'm coming from my mind being stayed on Jesus, I'm speaking life. I'm speaking life. Verse 3 says, For what the law could not do, and that it was weak through the flesh, God did by sending his own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh. On account of sin, he condemned sin in the flesh. So no matter what we want to say, we are sinners, right? That's what the word says, we are sinners. But thank God, 
he came down here, wrapped himself in flesh, and said, yes. So if there's any doubt, if people tell you, well, I don't know if it was truly God or if he was still, you know, not completely flesh. It says that he was, he wrapped himself in flesh. And he came down and subjected himself to all the things that we struggle with all the temptations we struggle with, every reaction that we give, everything that we do, and that we say, he came down and he overcame that. And we have the opportunity now to say, okay, I am not going to walk in that flesh. I'm going to say, I'm going to approach this from the Holy Ghost standpoint. I'm going I'm to seek the Holy Ghost inside of me before I, before I react. Verse 4 says that the righteous that the righteous requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. And then verse five says, for those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh, but those who live according to the spirit, the things of the spirit. Amen, did you hear that? That those that set their minds on the things of the flesh That's how they are, and that's how they live. But those that set it on the Spirit are in the Spirit. we got to remember that every day that we wake up, when you go to work, when you deal with your family, whomever it is, that most of the time, we're not dealing with Holy Ghost-filled saints. Most of the time, you're not lucky enough to walk into a job place that every single person that you're going in there and coming into contact with is Holy Ghost filled and said, I woke up this morning with my mind stayed on Jesus. How about you? And then everybody in there is happy and feeling good and talking about Jesus and praying and all those things. Most of the time, that's not the case. So who is it up to? And what is going to influence us? Are we going to be the ones that are influenced or are we going to somehow influence? And in some cases, that could be an office full of 30 people, I don't know, 10 people, 50 people, whatever it is. You know, when I worked at some companies, you know, on a floor, you might have, you know, they called them the prairie dogs when you had all these little booths or whatever, you know, cubicles, and somebody stands up and then 10 other people stand up. There could be 25, 50 people on that floor. You're probably the only person that's filled with the Holy Ghost on that floor, right? So most of those people are coming at you from, like it says in verse 5, a fleshly mind, a carnal mind. So it's up to us to say, okay, when I come into work this morning, that person's going to be thinking about how can they get over on me or how can they succeed? How can they get the promotion over me? How can they make more money? Whatever it is, they're thinking from a fleshly standpoint. And it's easy to get caught up in that and say, okay, I got to beat them because we're competitive for the most part. Even Holy Ghost filled saints, we're competitive. So we get caught up in that. And amen, we have to provide for our families. We have to do the things to be successful. We're representing God on our jobs. But we also have to be mindful of who's first in this place. Who am I, who am I representing first? Who, who is giving me my paycheck? It may have the company's name on it, but it's God that's providing for us. It's Jehovah Jireh that is providing for me. And wherever he has chosen to put you to be that light, yes, they're signing your check, but it's still God because he could close the doors tomorrow and I promise you he can take you to a job that's paying just as much or more, whatever the case may be. So it's being mindful of Jehovah Jireh is still my provider. 
So they may be telling me, I have to be this, I have to be that, I have to act this way, I have to abide by this, but the, the fact is, I still have to abide by this more so. Sister Tiffany Leazer, I don't mean to call you out. I think you're here. I think Jared's back there. But I know she went through something recently where her job was making them submit to some things that, that, that is definitely against the Bible. And, and she was challenged and said, I, I, you know what? I, I have to stand up. I have to speak out against this because this is going against everything I believe. I'm not trying to be self-righteous here. I'm not trying to tell people, hey, it's, it's what, you know, you've got to do it my way or whatever the case may be. The fact is, this is what the word says. And, and, and if it's sin, it's sin. And I still love you. But here's the fact. I can't partake in some of this stuff. And, and the last I heard, she had a conversation and they respected that. Thankfully, because God will protect us. He will protect you. He will. And if you're in a position where you have to stand on this word, you know what? I'm not going to tell you to go in tomorrow and say, hey, here's my two weeks. I'm quitting. Or, hey, I'm, I'm whatever. I'm going to stand up and tell you and in front of everybody what I believe, and that's the way it is. But be, be mindful. Seek the Lord in prayer when you're in situations like that. And say, Lord, help me, because I'm being faced, and that, let's face it, that's, that's the nation that we live in right now. It's contradicting this word at every turn. It's everything that, everything that we look at is coming and attacking this word. And certainly, even churches are saying, okay, they're going to give in here, they're going to give in there, but I'm thankful to be at a church that's going to stand on the word and say, you know what, this is what we're going to preach and what we're going to teach and what we're going to live no matter what. And we're not going to be influenced by the world because the minute we do that, that's the minute we are saying, all right, I'm going to take a little bit away. And it's just as important that we don't add a little bit. We have to say, okay, I'm going to stand on this at every turn. I'm going to have my mind stayed on you, Jesus, because there's no other way. I don't care what the school's telling me because they're, they're telling me, well, the earth's 10 billion years or whatever it may be. I, I, I don't care. I'm going I'm to stand on this word. And, and, and I'm going to say, you know what? I don't believe I came from a, a monkey how many ever years ago. Whatever it may be. The point is, abortion, there's, we are just being bombarded as a body of Christ, as people. And I've got to keep my mind stayed on Jesus and say, Lord, you know what? Help me. Help me in this situation. Don't be afraid to pray to God and say, Lord, I'm being faced with this challenge. I'm, I'm thinking about giving in. I'm thinking about saying, hey, not saying what I believe or what I stand for because the pressure is so great because everybody that does it seems to be attacked and let go or whatever it is. God, again, will provide for you. God will, again, sustain you. He is your provider. So I don't know why God is putting on this on my heart right now, but stand strong. Be steadfast, church. It's okay. It's okay to stand on this word. We're not going to relent. We're not going to relent on this word because the moment we do is the, mo there's the moment we're going to be weaker and then weaker and then weaker. And that's the moment where we're going to say, okay, I got to take that mark. Oh, okay. If that's what I got to do, that's what I got to do because I've already veered so far away from this word that now... I'm susceptible to anything because that's what the enemy, that's what the spirit of Antichrist is trying to do. I've lived long enough now to know that the things that I grew up here and our bishop talk about in church and thinking 
there's no way some of this stuff is going to happen. We're not going to see, you know, the government trying to do this or the government being so big, they're, they're telling everything and they're going to take this away and tell us we got to do this. I remember thinking, there's no way that stuff's going to happen. And now it's happening every day, more so than I ever even think I heard about at that time. And the minute that we start to say, my mind's not going to be stayed on Jesus or on this word, and I'm going to start letting this influence come into my mind. And I'm going to start letting this doctrine, this false doctrine, or this worldly antichrist influence come into my mind. That's the minute that I'm, all right, I'm going to step over here now. And then I'm already, now I'm over here. So where's my compass? It's not right here anymore. So I've given in here, and that's the antichrist. So, okay, let me, let me, okay, I got to come over here now. Okay, okay, well, I've already come this far. So, okay, let me, let me go ahead and, and, and take that influence. Oh, now you're pulling me way over here. You're going to take my job. You're going to take my income. You're not going to give me medicine. You're going to take this away from me. You're going to take that away from me. Okay, what do I have to do? My God, it's coming. It is coming. We are blessed in this nation that it's not completely here yet, but let me tell you, it's not far away. And there are nations and that there are people right now that even if they have this book, they can be killed. So we think, well, this persecution, what, you know, it's, it's not real or it's for somebody else. But the spirit of Antichrist is coming at all of us. And it's coming at this nation because, again, where we were as a nation just 10, 20 years ago, we're no longer there. And this is under attack in a great way. And my mind has got to be stayed on Jesus. It's got to be stayed on Jesus. That compass has to be stayed on Jesus. I have to be a God connector. I have to show people the way. Because those people that tell me that I hate because of what I believe in, when I show them love, when I show them who God is, when I show them the perfect love of the cross, that's when they say, wait a second. Wow. I've never heard somebody say that before. I've never heard somebody talk about that before. Brother Darren Parnell, I'm not sure if you're here tonight, but when, when we go, when we, I used to go into the jail with him and, and preach and teach, we would go in there with people desperate to hear the word. My God, desperate to hear the word, not fat and happy like us, church. I'm talking about people that aren't getting anything. They're not hearing anything. And in, in those juvenile districts or downtown at the, uh, at the jail, they might hear somebody different each month. Could be a Catholic this month, Presbyterian, whatever the case may be. And we go in there and preach this, preach this truth. And I kid you not, every single time, without fail, they say, we've never heard anything like this before. We've never heard anything like this before. And it's pricking my heart right now. And they're standing up in tears. Men, women, whatever it was that we were in that day, standing there in tears like, can you tell me more? And at 10 o'clock, when that buzzer goes off, those sheriffs are in there saying, you got to get out at this minute. And they're begging for you to stay and to pray and for you to just speak to them for one minute. And a week or two ago, Brother Darren told me that one of those women showed up here at Tree Life Church. And God forbid we're not stayed on Jesus when she comes in here. And we're not showing her exactly that we love you no matter how long you've been. Whatever you came from, my mind is stayed on Jesus and I'm going to love you 
you and I'm going to preach this word to you and I'm going to tell you about Jesus. And I'm not going to let it be influenced by the things that have hurt me or the church hurt that I've gone through or the fact that somebody in the church hurt me or the fact that somebody lied to me about Jesus's growing up, whatever it may be. I'm going to show you Jesus because my mind has stayed on Christ. My God, the world is craving this. We may not believe it because when we turn on the news, we're hearing everything but this or everybody condemning this, but that's just driving the people more towards this. The more they hear about it, the more they hear people condemning it and and blaming it and, and spreading hate, the more they're saying, I need something. People are so tired of it. They're wanting something and they're gonna start coming more and more. And then when this church, when we build this new building, and we have those seats, people are going to start coming. And I want to be a church that stayed on Jesus. And when they come in, we say, here, let me go ahead and show you who Jesus is. Praise God, because they need it. They're craving it, because they're not hearing it anywhere else. They're not hearing it anywhere else. They're hearing that we hate. They're hearing that if you're a Christian, you hate, because you think this or you think that. Amen, I think it, because it's in here. But it doesn't mean I hate you, I love you. The cross is the ultimate sign of love. So some people that, have, that are bound and caught up in those lifestyles, they never hear anything. And the, the moment I've heard stories and I've even seen it myself, some of these people caught up in some of these lifestyles when they're arguing with you and they're coming at you and saying you, you hate and everything, and then you just say, Jesus loves you. It starts to break something down in them. It starts to tear something down in them. Now, if I come at, it, come at them from a defensive mode and say, no, 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 that's not who I am. But the word says this, and, and you are condemned. The sin you are living is condemned. And I don't say that right away because I want to I show them love first. And there's time, just like Jesus, when that woman com- uh, that was accused of adultery came up before all of her accusers. And Jesus writes in the sand, and after they're all gone, he tells her, go and sin no more. He didn't condemn her at first, but he did tell her, Go and sin no more. He let her understand. Here, I'm going to show you love first. That's the mind of Christ. That's staying on Jesus. My God, I want to be there. Verse 6, for to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Peace. How many of us lay our heads down at night with peace? How many of us go home to see our children and our spouses after a day of work with peace on our minds. How many of us wake up in the morning with peace? We wake up and say, I've got peace and I've got joy and and I'm full of it and I'm going to take it in everything that I do. I know that we don't do it. I, I know it. I don't do it every day. But thank you, Jesus, the minute I put my mind on you. The minute I say, wait a second, I'm feeling all this stuff, and I know Satan's a liar, and I know this isn't of you, God. The moment I can stop my mind for just a minute and say, Lord, consume me for a minute. Consume me. Your name is a strong and mighty tower. Can I just come and dwell inside of you for a minute? Actually, can I just stay inside of your name, the strong and mighty tower? Can I just wrap myself up in it and walk and talk and do everything that I'm doing inside of that strong and mighty tower? Can everything that I'm doing, can I just stay and dwell inside of that strong and mighty tower? Because my God, if I'm in that tower, if I'm in your name, if I'm in your spirit, then I know I'm in the right place. 
and I will have that peace. That's another thing that we would tell them down at the jail cell because I remember the too many years that I spent not serving God and every night laying down with nothing but agony, no peace of mind. And when you would say to them, can you ever lay your head down at the end of the day to go to bed at night with peace in your mind? And that spoke to them because I guarantee you every one of them are laying down every night just full of turmoil and unrest and uneasiness. But if I have this, if I have my mind stayed on Christ, then I have that peace. Verse 7, because the carnal mind is enmity against God, for it is not subject to the law of God, nor indeed can it be. The carnal mind, God has nothing to do with it. I've talked about condemnation and conviction, and condemnation is of Satan, and he tries to get us in that condemned state of mind. And sometimes when you are full of sin and you are sinning and you have that condemnation, it becomes an easy place to hide. It's what Adam and Eve did. They hid from Christ because you don't feel judged by that. You don't feel judged. That sin is saying, come on, stay with me. Dwell with me right here. We'll hide from Christ. But that conviction, that sweet conviction that we get from Jesus, that's what says God is saying, I love you. I love you. Turn away from that and come towards that. But the sin cannot be in the presence of God. Too often people say, well, God left me or God doesn't love me or whatever the case may be. If you're caught up in sin, he's not left you. He has not left you. He has left and he is not wanting any part of that sin. That is what is separating people from, from God. So if you're stuck right now in a place of sin and feeling like God is not with you or not present in you, it's not that he does not love you. He loves you. It's the sin that he is staying away from. It's not you. He loves you. Verse 8, so then those who are in the flesh cannot please God. We cannot please God in the flesh. Verse 9, but you are not in the, but you are not in the flesh, but in the spirit. If indeed the spirit of God dwells in you, now if anyone does not have the spirit of Christ, he is not his. My God, that's why we preach the Holy Ghost. That's why we tell people, hey, seek it. Seek the Holy Ghost. It's a gift. Just come up and take it. And and, and we want people to know that, hey, this is going to happen to you. Sister Andrea got it out in her car, amen? She was seeking it, and, and, and sometimes we put so much pressure on her or whatever, but when people are ready and they're open and they're just saying, Lord, fill me with your Holy Ghost, she goes out in her car after a service and just starts feeling the presence of God, and in her car starts speaking in another language and speaking in tongues and filled with the Holy Ghost. Because that's what God desires for us. That's how we're stayed on Jesus. That's how we're stayed on Jesus. My God, Brother Brian, I remember years ago teaching in, in, in uh, one of our blast services. We would do blast once a month. And, and, and I taught a lesson on GPS. And I said, the Holy Ghost is my GPS. Because if I can dial into that Holy Ghost, I know where it's taking me. But the moment I dial into my flesh, I can veer over here. I can veer over there again. All of a sudden, that straight and narrow path, I'm way over here chasing some shiny object that the enemy has placed that maybe looks good in my flesh. And I start chasing that, and then I find myself away from God. The Holy Ghost has to be my my beacon. It has to be my GPS. 
Verse 10, and if Christ is in you, the body is dead of sin, but the spirit is life because of righteousness. Verse 11, but if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. We can live above sin. We can do it. I'm not saying we're not going to fall, but get back up again. Rejoice not, all mine enemy, for if I fall and I shall arise. I turn my eyes to the hills from which my help comes from. Don't stay down. If you fall, don't stay down. Get back up. Jesus still loves you. Again, it's the sin that God is condemning. It's the sin that God is judging. Judgment hasn't happened yet. Praise God. I can get back up again. Because he gave us that ability if you're filled with the Holy Ghost. Thank you, Jesus. Verse 12, therefore, brethren, we are debtors not to the flesh to live according to the flesh. Verse 13, for if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. You will live. If I can say, I'm going to stay, keep my mind stayed on you, Jesus. I'm going to keep my mind stayed on you, Jesus. I'm going to pray. I'm going to, I'm going to ask that you keep filling me, God. Keep filling me, God. Keep renewing me every day. Renew my mind every day. Renew my heart every day, God, because my heart's desperately wicked. But you are perfect, God. Your ways are higher. Your thoughts are higher. Your knowledge is higher. You're a good God. You're a holy God. Holy, holy, holy is the word, Lord God Almighty. If I can dwell in you, I'm going to be in the right place. My God, you're perfect. I'm a sinner, God, but you're perfect. That's why he responded to the man that said, I'm a sinner. He said, that's the truth right there. That man knows who he is. Verse 14, for as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are sons of God. Verse 15, for you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you received the spirit of adoption by whom we cry out, Abba, Father. Thank God we know that, church. Thank God we know where we can turn. Thank God we know because we hear it, because we're in a church that's full of it, because we're hearing it preached. We know what to cry out at those moments. We see so many people, celebrities, whatever it is, that seemingly, seemingly have everything. But yet their life is, how many divorces do they go through? How many are checked into drug rehabs or alcoholic rehab, rehabilitation? All, all over, their lives seem to be a mess. We think, well, they've got fame. They've got fortune now. That's the things that so many people think, well, if I get that, if I achieve that, if I get the, the, the model spouse, if I have that fame and that fortune, then I've got everything. But yet we see them constantly falling and having a mess of their life because there's a void inside each and every one of us. There's a void inside each and every one of us. And the only way to fill it is to cry out, Abba, Father, because he's the one that's going to fill that void. Nothing Satan or this earth can offer is going to fill that void. It simply is God. That's the only thing that's going to fill the void inside of you. You can try everything that the world or that the enemy offers you, but it's going to come up empty every time. 
It may look fun. It may look exciting. It may look bright and shiny over here. And ooh, let me veer off this straight and narrow path and go over and, and, and enjoy this for a while. And the next thing you know, where is that straight and narrow path again? I'm so, I'm so far in these weeds, and it's so dark out here. How do I get back there? And that's where the enemy starts to trick you and say, you can't come back now. God's already moved on. God doesn't love you anymore, and we start buying into those lies. we got to stay on that straight and narrow. Crying out, Abba, Father, continue to fill me, Lord God. Keep my mind stayed on you, Jesus. Verse 16, the Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. That's who we are. And verse 17, and if, and if children, then heirs, heirs of God, and joint heirs with Christ, if indeed we suffer with him, that we may also be glorified together. My God, that's what we have to look forward to. That's what staying the course takes us to. That perfect place. Because no matter what this world wants to offer us, it's going to come up empty. My treasures are laid up in heaven. Lord God, you've prepared a place for me. You've got the perfect place for me. And this life is but a vapor. It's going to be gone quick. But eternity, if I set my sights on eternity, if I keep my mind stayed on Jesus, I'll find myself in that place. I think the last scripture I, I'm going to read because then we'll move in, it will move into to kind of another direction that is certainly worthy, as all the word is, of continuing on. But for the sake of time, I'm going to read the, the one last scripture in verse 18. It says, For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. My God, that's what keeping my mind stayed on Jesus is going to take me to. That's what keeping my mind stayed on Jesus is going to take me to. It may seem hard sometimes, but my God, we're so blessed. We're so covered. We're, we're, so, we're so blessed by, by, the, by what God does for us, how he provides for us, how he protects us in ways that we have no idea. We're protected we have no idea what's going on in the spiritual realm any day. There is an enemy that is out to get you and your family unquestionably. You don't even know how much God is protecting you each day. So it's important for our minds to be stayed on Jesus because we can easily be influenced by the enemy trying to attack our minds and get us down and feel down about church, feel down about serving God, feel down and like, oh, woe is me, I can't do this or I don't have that. Whatever the case may be, but you're so blessed. You're so covered. You're so protected. You're heirs. It says we are heirs. My God, what a blessing that is. If we can just keep our minds stayed on Jesus and say, you know what? I'm going to set my sights on that. That finish line is my, that, that perfection with you, God. An eternity with you. But when I veer and I start letting my mind going to places that it's not supposed to go, when I, when I let the flesh start taking over my mind, when I let carnality start taking over my mind, that's when, that's when I get weak, and that's when I begin to look and set my eyes on things of the flesh and what the flesh may desire. 
And I, and I got to believe that pretty much every one of us, I'm going to say that every one of us, has come up short when we followed the flesh. I'm pretty sure that every one of us can say, you know what, I, I, I took that road for a minute and it came up very empty. It came up very hollow. As a matter of fact, it hurt. Because the next thing I know, I was, I was away and I didn't feel that presence of God. Because if there's one thing I have to have, church, it's the presence of God. If there's one thing that's going to get me through, you can give me money, you can give me anything that this world has to offer, and it pales in comparison to being in the presence of God. There's no way I'm selling out anything. I'm not, you, Satan, you can offer me anything that this world has to offer, but I do not want to be outside of the presence of God. Because the minute I'm outside of the presence of God is the minute I feel empty and I feel despair and I feel alone and I feel hurt and I feel pain and I feel brokenness. But the minute that's, that spirit comes back over me, the minute I cry out, Abba, Father, the minute I cry out, Jesus, and that spirit comes over me and that presence comes over me, I start saying, ah, oh, can I just bask in this? That name, that strong tower. Lord, can I just go and get wrapped up in that for a little while? Can you just protect me for a little while from the attacks of the enemy? Can you just protect me? Can I just feel your embrace for a little while, God? Can you give me some strength to go out for somebody else, to stand strong for somebody else, to go out and lift up a brother or a sister, to go out and speak life into a brother or sister that's hearing nothing but condemnation from the world or lies from Satan. And God forbid we come into our congregation and we partake in that. I don't want to be a part of that. And I know this church, I know you don't want to be either. Be mindful of what we're saying to one another. Be mindful of how we're talking to one another. Be mindful of we're speaking life or death to one another. Be mindful of how we talk about our pastor. Be mindful of how we talk about our Sunday school teachers. Be mindful of how we talk about our youth. Be mindful of how we talk about our musicians and our singers, our ushers, our greeters, our connect point, every saint that's sitting here in the church. Be mindful of every single person that comes in here. Because we're all part of Tree of Life Church. And whether you're volunteering in an aspect or just coming in and your spirit is here dwelling and you're seeking God and you're praising and worshiping God in a seat that somebody sits next to you and feels the presence of God all over you, that's what I want. If your mind is stayed on Jesus, then somebody that's going to come in here that needs God is going to feel that from you. And you don't have to be doing anything. I, I, trust me, I want volunteers in our congregation. We need volunteers in our congregation. But you know what? If you're coming in right now and you're saying, you know what? I just want to come in and get fed for a while because what I'm hearing from this pulpit every service is helping me and building me up. And you know what? When I'm stronger, I'll start doing more, whatever the case may be. If you're coming in and you're, you're, your mind is stayed on Jesus, then we're where we need to be. Then tree of life is where we need to be because we got a pastor whose mind is stayed on Jesus. And every message that we hear from this pulpit is stayed on Jesus. You can say what you want about anything, but I guarantee you everything you hear from this pulpit is in this book. And the minute that it's not, that's the minute we have a problem. We have a pastor that's going to stay in this book and is not going to add and he's not going to take away from it. And everybody that comes to this pulpit that I've ever heard has not added or taken away. Because that's what tree life is and that's what the body of Christ needs to be.
That's what each and every one of us representing in this church, you have been brought to Tree of Life Church for a reason and for a purpose at this day and time. I don't know what the church across town is doing or any of them. I don't, I don't know, but I know what God is doing at Tree of Life Church, and I'm thankful for it, and I pray for those churches across town because people need to see Christ because they're not seeing it anywhere else. And I want to keep my mind stayed on you, Jesus. I want to keep my mind stayed on you, Jesus. If the musicians would come, if we can stand. I know it's late, and we don't have the day before us to go keep our minds stayed on Jesus. But can we take just a couple minutes and say, Lord, I want, I want, I want to put my mind on you for a few minutes. I want, to, I want to let my mind for a few minutes be stayed on you. Can we seek him for a minute? Lord, we thank you, Jesus. I'm thankful, God, that I can call on your name. I'm thankful, God, that you have poured out your Holy Spirit and that you have filled me with your Holy Spirit that gives me the ability to call on you and say, Lord, I'm, not, I'm far from perfect, but you are, God. Your ways are higher. Your thoughts are higher. Your knowledge is higher. So, Lord, help me to be stayed on you. Help me to encounter the people that I love stayed on you, Jesus. Help me to account to, to, to encounter the people of our congregation stayed on you. Help me to, to go into the highways and the byways stayed on you, Jesus, because they're not seeing it anywhere else. Come on, church, can we take a minute and seek him for that? Can you take a minute and say, Lord, help me, Lord God. I'm making decisions every minute. I'm making decisions. I'm having conversations every day. I'm, I'm encountering people all day, every day. I'm, I, I've got people that I love and that love me that I have influence over. I've got a spouse, a child, a mom, a dad, a brother, a sister. I've got people that that I love and love me and that I'm coming into contact with every day. Where's my conversation coming from? Where's my heart? What words am I speaking to him, God? Is my mind stayed on you? Is my mind in you? Let's take a minute and just let him speak to us, Jesus.